Hello, church. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to church. Those on the other side of this camera, we say welcome to you. We love you. Thank you, all of our Celebration family, whether you're in the room or on the other side of this camera, all of our friends, all of our guests, just thank you for being a part of this moment. Something feels right in this room. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I just sense God is up to something big. And uh, I don't know if they want me to sing with this mic or what, but but uh, you guys you guys all want me to sing? What do you want me to do? You want me to sing? But, uh, but uh, man, I'm so excited that you are here. And uh, even if we haven't been around for 50 years, uh, was it 40 years, 50 or something like that? He says, uh, but uh, how many of you are thankful for Andrew Nava, his ministry gift? Did a tremendous job preaching the Word of God this last week. And uh, let me also just say to all of our dream team, those are those who serve in different capacities in our ministry. Uh, wow, we, we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. We had thousands and thousands of people. And then this uh, bomb went off called the virus and uh, everybody scattered. But I'm so grateful for those that have come back to serve. Uh, I'm thankful for the children's workers. How many of you are thankful for the children's workers right now? And those that are helping us park cars. And how many of you are thankful? See, because this doesn't work. How many of you are thankful? I, we don't pay these musicians. They're, they're, they're doing, they. How many of you are thankful for our worship today? And, and, and their heart. And we're just so grateful. And I, I just walked into this place seeing Dream Team members and seeing our children's going and seeing the worship that was here. And I'm, I'm thinking, God, you're, you're just so good. I'm so grateful for the people that are giving their lives to reach a city and a community and a world for God. So we're so grateful, so thankful for our dream team. Don't, don't forget, like Andrew just said, this next weekend is, is, is the Super Bowl of Christianity. Uh, can I remind you, it's not, it's not about the Easter bunny, and the Easter bunny doesn't lay eggs. And it's not about your Easter meal, it's about Jesus. And so as Christians, I, I just, as Christ followers, before you place any priority on the Easter eggs or the meal that you're going to have with your family, I'm just asking you, don't miss out on the opportunity that's ahead of you. I am excited about this coming Friday, Good Friday service. I've already, I've already got a download from heaven. It will be a night of miracles. So I don't believe you're going to want to miss this, whether you're here in the room or online. And then Sunday... Man, we're going. We're we're going all out again. We're, we just said, hey, we're we're just uh, we're 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 uh, we're done holding back. It's just time. It's just time to reach our city, reach our community, and uh, I just believe God is going to be here in a powerful way. Great services to invite your friends and your family and some of your guests. Again, whether it be here in the room or online, we're just excited that you are a part of this moment. Well, let's jump into the Word. How many of you are ready to get in the Word today? I believe I'm on assignment today, and I believe that what God has given me is, 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 is for a right now moment. So I'm just going to ask you in, in this room and those that, that are on the other side of this camera, whether you be in a kitchen or a living room or an office, a backyard, a car, a, a hospital room, would you just, just, just commit yourself to this moment? God moves in moments. I know, it, I know it sounds crazy. It's always been the craziest thing to me that God has chosen. And this is what the Bible says. God has chosen the crazy or the foolish, foolishness of preaching to change the hearts 
of people. Don't ever underestimate this moment, especially when you have men and women of God that are bringing you a word that has spent probably at least 30 hours preparing themselves to, 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 to go Godward, to deliver something. I believe, I believe, I believe with all my heart that there's help for you and your family in this moment today. Today I want to talk about um, this, 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 this uh, title or this, I'm going to talk about this, the subject matter of a life remembered, a life, a life remembered. It's amazing some of the crazy things that people are remembered for. I was uh, doing a little research and some of you have seen this guy, He's, uh, his name is Donald Gorski and some of you have seen him from a documentary that they did on McDonald's, but this guy has actually eaten well over 26,000 Big Macs. In his lifetime so far, he has receipts for this, by the way. He has eaten <laughs> uh, over 26,000 Big Macs, and uh, that, that's kind of what he's being remembered for. Well, what a life, huh? What a life to be remembered for. Just, just eating Big Macs. Just go eat a just go eat a big mac. I found another one too. It's this this lady's in the Guinness Book of World Records. She she actually has um, yeah she actually um, has the longest fingernails in the world. Um, she's been growing these fingernails for 30 years. Now now this is nasty. I don't care what you think. This is absolutely nasty. But but uh, for 30 years, it's like how did you go to the bathroom? It's 30 years. I mean, how do you drive your car? For 30 years, she has to be so committed to her fingernails. They, they, they say if you add up all the length of all the nails, it would reach a length of 28 feet and 4 inches long. Mm. She's remembered for her, for her fingernails. Found another guy. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records, too. This is... This is uh, Michael Latito, and uh, this guy is known for eating, eating things, but not eating things like we eat things. He eats strange things. In fact, he ate a whole, not that plane, but a whole Cessna plane like that, and it took him two years to do it, grinding up piece by piece until he literally ate the whole airplane. He didn't stop there. The guy has actually eaten 18 bicycles. Seven TV sets. He's eaten two beds. I'm with you, I'm with you. 15, he's eaten 15 supermarket carts. He's eaten a computer. He's eaten a coffin with the handles. He's eaten a pair of skis and six chandeliers. Can you imagine when this guy stands before God and has to give account for his life? When God says, hey, what did you do with your life? I ate an airplane, <laughs> ate me a few bicycles. Amazing. It's amazing what people will do to be remembered. Occasionally, uh, I like to go to graveyards. I know that may seem 
kind of morbid for some of you, but I like to read the tombstones, uh, the inscriptions on those tombstones talking about the person's life and what they are remembered for. For me, it is also very sobering to realize, and I do that for this purpose, that there's always a start date and then there's always an end date. I've always said in my ministry that if you would just go to the graveyard every every week or a funeral every week and go to the emergency room every week, the ER every week, you would live differently. But I've always noticed that there's a start date and that there's an end date. And then there's a dash that's between that represents the person's life and what they're remembered for. Have you ever thought about what you will be remembered for? Once your life is over here on earth, what will your friends say about you? What will your family remember about you? And most importantly, what will your God say about you? A hundred years from now, will it even matter that you were born? As, as followers of Christ, one of the most sobering questions that you could ever ask yourself, I have this in my office, I ask myself this quite frequently, the most sobering question you could ever ask yourself as a Christ follower is this, is what I'm living forth worth Jesus dying for? Is what I'm living for worth Jesus dying for? This last Monday night, past Monday night, I went to bed and I was awakened about midnight. And it seems like during this season of the, the pandemic, it seems like I've had a lot of these nights where I just could not sleep and would go to my study. And most of those nights have been so beneficial and so fruitful because I just spend time praying and seeking God. Last Monday night, I had another one of those nights and ended up really staying up all night long. And as I was in my study, I, I felt prompted and inspired to just go and look at the last week of Jesus' life upon this earth. And uh, what we might know as Holy Week or, you know, the passion of Christ. And I thought to myself, you know, Easter's coming up and I've got some messages I need to come up with, and maybe, maybe God will inspire me of what I need to share when it comes to Palm Sunday or, or Good Friday or Easter weekend. And, and so I started going through the process, and I looked, at, I looked at Sunday. You know, Sunday is where Jesus, it's, it's, it's this Sunday, it's Palm Sunday. It's what we as believers call Palm Sunday, and for those that don't know why, I'll tell you why. But this is where Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and, and, uh, and the people are excited. It's a parade. They're laying down their clothes on the road. They've, they've got palm branches, and they're waving them, and they're, they're shouting out loud, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It is one big, one big parade. And I said, Lord, maybe... Maybe, maybe I can preach on that. Wouldn't that be cool to preach on Palm Sunday, on Palm Sunday, how, how Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and they're so excited and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, and then I could take it to Friday and tell the people that on Monday they're shouting and celebrating you. But on, but on Friday, 
they're yelling out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. On Monday, they're waving their palm branches, but on Friday, they're actually nailing his palms to the cross. I'll preach about that. that that's a good one, Lord. I'll take that and I'll preach that on, on Palm Sunday. But then I, I went to Monday and I liked what Jesus did on Monday. He started out his day heading to the temple, but he got sidetracked by a fig tree. And the fig tree was not bearing fruit and it, it, it looked like it should bear fruit. So Jesus with his disciples looked at the fig tree and he, he just curses it. He didn't cuss it out. He cursed it. He pronounced pronounced judgment on it and and I said oh man I, I ought to I ought to preach on that right because uh, because Jesus pronounced judgment on something that was pretending I mean man I'll do that on Palm Sunday I'll, I'll, I'll bring all the church people those in the room and those on the other side of the camera and I'll talk about pretending Christians that, that'll make everybody happy we'll, we'll, we'll preach about pretending Christians and how the church is so full of pretenders. And then I thought about how Jesus left the fig tree and he went into the temple. And I really like this one. He goes in there and he doesn't, he said, no, 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 we, we're not gonna do church this way. And he, he starts flipping, he doesn't flip them off. He actually flips the tables, turns their, their tables upside down. And, and he says, no, there's a new order to this. He says, he says, my house is going to be a house of prayer where we come together. And we talk to God, and God talks back to us. And he says, and, 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 he says, and from that point, the, the miracles are going to start happening because you're going to bring the lame and the blind and the sick, and they're going to be healed in your services. They're, it's not just going to be some, some thing you check off the box, but, but my house is going to be a different house. It's going to be a house of, of power. And, and then he says, he says it's, it's not just going to be a house of power, but then people are going to want to praise. It's going to be perfected praise. And I said, oh, oh, I'll teach about that. It's, that's, that's some good stuff. That's some, that, that's some good stuff on Monday, but then I went to Tuesday. And... You know, I don't, I don't know if you've ever studied this, but on Tuesday, Jesus spends the whole day just, just teaching. He starts out with teaching about faith. He, he tells the disciples how he did what he did when he cursed the fig tree. And, man, that, that's a great, but I could do that one. You know, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, cast and see, not down there. Man, I'm, God, I could, man, let, let me do that one, that, that faith thing. And, and then I looked at the next teaching where he talked about the ten virgins. And it's probably not what you think where Jesus challenges people to be ready and waiting and prepared for his coming. And then he talks about the ten talents, and I say, oh, God, I, I need to talk about this because people need to learn about stewardship. Let me, let me take that one on. I'll talk about, I'll talk about the ten talents. And, and then I read the next teaching. I said, oh, no, this was better, Lord. It's about the sheep and the goats. I, I like that message. Lord, let me teach that message where, 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 where we talk about the sheep and the goats, where sheeps, the sheep go, bah, bah, or yes, yes. But what do goats do? But, 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 but. God, let me talk about that one, how we got a lot of butts in the way of what you want to do. Instead of our yes surrendered 
to you. I, I want to talk about that one, Lord. Let me, let me talk. And then I went to Wednesday, and, and Wednesday, Jesus doesn't do a thing. He doesn't, well, we, we don't know that he doesn't do a thing. He's just silent. He's quiet. Has, has God ever gone quiet on you? Huh? God, let me talk about when you're not saying anything, when you're not talking, when there's 400 years of silence and how you're still moving in the midst. God, God that, that'll be an encouragement. God, people will like that one. They won't like the goats and the butts, Lord. The, I mean, all that, they, they won't like that one. Let, let me teach this one, Lord. And then I went to Thursday and noticed how Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. Let's teach on that one, Lord. Let's have a foot washing service. Don't get excited about that, Lord. Uh, the Passover meal, let's talk about that. The betrayal of Judas. Jesus praying while the disciples are sleeping. We, Lord, we talk about that. That Peter cutting the ear off, that would be a fun thing. That was, that was on Thursday. How about the bogus trial that happened on Thursday? And then Friday, we all know Friday, right? Jesus is crucified. We could talk about that, but I thought we're going to already have a good Friday service. Maybe we'll just talk about that. You know, we talk about the veil being torn and, and, and what most people don't even know, that when Jesus breathed his last breath on that cross, did you know that in graveyards, in graveyards, when Jesus breathed his last breath on the cross, when he said it is finished, did you know the Bible says that there were God's saints, God-fearing people who had been dead, came back to life out of the graveyards. And they left the graveyards and went to visit many in the city. God, that's a, that's a crazy story. Let's talk about that one, Lord. God, we could talk about you being placed in the tomb. But then I went to Saturday and I got excited about Saturday and you know, Jesus' body in the tomb, but people don't realize he, he's not in the tomb. It's just his body in the tomb. He has descended, and now he is taking back. He's doing business. He's taking back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Let's talk about that. And then Sunday, Lord, it's Easter, and I guess we'll wait till next weekend to talk about you being raised from the dead and that same power that raised Christ Jesus lives in us also. Now, I, I, uh, I've taken a lot of time saying all that, but I spent my whole night going through all of that. But this is what really captured my attention. It's what Jesus did on Tuesday night at dinner time. And I want to read Mark chapter 14 and verse 1. It's funny, uh, in our offering time, Mark, uh, our Nava was just making reference to Mark chapter 14. It says it was now only two days. That's how we know it was Tuesday night. It was now only two days before the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The leading priests and teachers of the law were trying to find a way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But they said we must not do it during the feast because of the people might cause a riot. Now, here's the story. I hope you can lock in. I, I really feel like I have something from heaven. Don't miss this moment. In, in verse 3, it says, Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, who had, who had, who had a skin disease. 
In other words, he don't have it now. In fact, they wouldn't even be in his house if he had leprosy. He would be the outcast. So apparently Simon has received a miracle and he's been healed of leprosy. Leprosy in their day was a death sentence. And here they are in his house. While Jesus was eating there, a woman approached him with an alabaster jar filled with very expensive perfume made of pure nard, whatever nard is. She opened the jar and poured the perfume on Jesus' head. Some who were there became upset and said to Jesus, or said to, to each other, why waste that perfume? We know from other accounts that the people that were there was Jesus' disciples and Jesus' friends. Verse 5 says it was worth a full year's work. It could have been sold and the money given to the poor, and they got very angry with the woman. And Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you troubling her? Did, did, she has done an excellent thing for me. You will always have the poor with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. This woman did the only thing she could do for me. She poured perfume on my body to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, catch this, wherever the good news is preached in all the world, what this world, what this woman has done will be told and people will remember her. Or other translation says there will be a memorial for her forever. This will be a memorial for her forever. Father, thank you for your word. May we not miss one thing from heaven today. God, tag our hearts. Heal our homes. Touch our lives. God, may this be a brand new beginning for so many people as we move forward into the plans and purposes you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. This is absolutely crazy. According to the Bible here, this woman has poured out on Jesus the equivalent of a year's salary. This is such a jaw-dropping moment for all of those that are in the room. Think about it. In one moment, she pours out a whole year's salary. Think about your salary that you make in a year, and think about in a moment just pouring it, it out. I, I buy cologne, and I buy some nice cologne, and some of my cologne may be 30, 40, or whatever, but, but I don't think about pouring it out all at, at once. I'll make that baby last for a long time, just a little sprinkle here and there. But what she has is, is equivalent to a whole year's income. And in one given moment, this is, this is again a jaw-dropping moment. In one given moment, she just pours it out. And it's at that moment that she pours it out that Jesus placed a huge emphasis on what this woman has done. In fact, Jesus was so moved by this woman's actions that he makes this statement. He says, what this woman has done will be remembered forever. In the eyes of Jesus, this action that this woman did was so powerful and so profound that Jesus would even stop dinner and say this, this life 
will be remembered. Now, this is the last week, as I've already made note of this. This is the last week of Jesus' life on earth. Let me give you some background. They were all in Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. They were there remembering, think about it, they were there remembering God's deliverance out of slavery. That's what this Passover celebration was all about. They were remembering the, the lambs that were sacrificed. They were remembering the blood that was placed upon the doorpost. They were remembering the death angels that passed over them and brought judgment to their enemies and, and set them free from slavery. 400 years of slavery. What is interesting is, is later in that week on Thursday night, Jesus then would give them something else to remember. So they're, they're not just remembering Passover of, of their forefathers being delivered out of slavery, but now Jesus is going to give them something to, to remember that Thursday night. Jesus would, would give them something to remember as they would take the Passover meal because Jesus would redefine the Passover meal by revealing to them that he was actually the Passover lamb, that no longer would there be animal sacrifices, but that he would be the ultimate sacrifice. And so you know the story on that night. Jesus instructed them about the Lord's table, which we'll be doing this coming Friday. And he, he takes the bread and he, he breaks and he blesses the bread and he says, this, this is my body that is broken for you. And then he takes the wine and He's, he blesses and he says, this is, this is my blood that was shed for your sins. And then it's in that moment that Jesus says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Think about it. They were there remembering their freedom from slavery, but now they're being taught to remember Jesus' sacrifice. Oh, but this is what caught my attention about the last week of Jesus' life. There's one more thing that Jesus wants them to remember, and it's the life of this woman. He wants them to remember her life. Why was this woman to be remembered? Why are we even talking about this woman some 2,000 years later? Let me just cut to the chase and tell you why we're to remember this woman and why we're to preach about this woman and why we're to tell about this woman. Let me tell you why. Because she placed value upon Jesus. <laughs> uh, let, let me say it another way that you can get it. Let me say maybe, maybe, maybe you could understand this. She, she, she worshiped Jesus. Uh, I'm not talking about singing songs. You can sing songs in a church service and never worship God. <laughs> I think a lot of churches are singing songs without worship. I'm talking about Bible worship that comes from your heart, that involves a person's passions and desires. I'm talking about the giving of one's life through their actions and their time and their their resources. I'm talking about what this woman did. I'm talking about using your existence to pour out and honor and to value his existence. And with one act of worship, Jesus looks and he stops the dinner and he says, this life 
is worth remembering. What, what did this woman do? Let me give you just quickly a couple things. First thing that I see in the text here is she did what she could do. She did what she could do. In Mark 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus said to them, leave her alone. She did what she could do to honor me. Wow, what a powerful principle that we see here. I hope you're seeing it. Jesus doesn't ask you to do, listen, what you can't do. But Jesus is not, and, and, and in fact, Jesus is not even asking you to do what others could do. Jesus is asking you to do what you can do. I'm trying to help you maybe, maybe start building a life to be remembered. Jesus says this life will always be remembered. And the thing she did is she did what she could do. The danger is not that she won't do what I'm doing. The danger is not that you won't do what others are doing. The danger is, the danger is that you won't do what you can do, what you're capable of doing what you have been given the ability and the gift to do, what God has purposed you to do. Did you know God will never ask you to do what he has not enabled you to do? If God is asking you to do something, listen, it's because he's given you the ability to do it. Let me say it. You, you can do everything that God has purposed you to do. You can do what you can do. I, I never thought I could do what I'm doing. Some of you still think I can't do it. I never thought that I could do this, but God did. And I've always did it scared. I've always did it being intimidated. But I am committed to doing what I can do, what God has called me to do. You see, if you want a life worth remembering, then start doing what you can do for God, doing what you can do for God, doing what you can do for God. I'm concerned that many are doing something, but they're not doing it for God. They're doing it for other things. You want a life worth remembering? Just begin to do what you can do for God. What did this woman do? Here's the second thing. She didn't allow criticism to stop her. This is just some good practical help here. She didn't allow criticism to stop her. In Mark 14, verse 4, it says, Some who were there became upset and said to each other, Why waste the perfume? And notice this, they criticized her harshly. So those who were around her were harsh and mean, saying, what a disgrace you are. What a waste this is. But somehow, someway, this woman found the mute button in her life. Some of you need to find that button. And it never detoured her from doing what she needed to do. In the midst of criticism, she kept doing what she could do. You see, if you want a life worth remembering, then you have to learn that criticism is just a part of the process. You're always going to have thumbs down. We have the knuckleheads every week giving us thumbs down. Listen, but we just got to keep doing 
We've got to keep doing. Some of you are living for thumbs up. Don't live for thumbs up and don't live for thumbs down. Do what you do in the midst of criticism. You hear? Anything that God tells you to do, you're going to have your haters. You're going to have people criticizing you. You always have those people who don't appreciate your life. Hello? Hello? There's, there's always going to be people that don't believe in the God dream that God put in you. But if you're going to live a life worth remembering, you can't let the voices of the critics stop you. I have good news for somebody today because I, I feel like some people are on the verge of quitting because you're listening to your, critics, your critics. But I've come to encourage you in Isaiah 54, 17. Notice what God says here. People will make weapons to fight against you, but their weapons will not defeat you. Some people will say things against you, but anyone, catch this, who speaks against you will be proved wrong. Why? Because the Lord says, that is my servant. That's what my servants get. They get the good things that come from their Lord. I've come to tell somebody today, with God on your side, everything is going to be okay. Is anybody excited about that? If you're going to, if your life's going to be remembered, you're going to have to find the mute button. And turn off the criticism. Here, here's the last one and the most important one. What did this woman do? She, she didn't waste her opportunity. She didn't waste her, her opportunity. Notice what it says here in verse 8. It says, when she poured the fragrant, fragrant, fragrant oil over me, Jesus said, she was preparing my body in advance for my burial. Catch that, in advance for my barriers. So this woman knew something in advance. She apparently saw something that nobody else at the table saw. Somehow in advance, she knew that Jesus was about to give his life on a cross. The Bible says she did it in advance of my burial or my death. You see, all those at the table couldn't make sense of this moment, couldn't make sense of this woman's actions. It didn't make sense of, to them because Jesus had not been crucified yet. It's still hours and days away before Jesus will be crucified. Now, now for us, we have the book. We're on the other side of the cross. We, 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 we can, uh, well, you should, we can understand why a woman would, would come and give her value to Jesus, if he went to a cross and died for her, and now he's become the Savior, wouldn't you give him your, your worship? Wouldn't you give him whatever is valuable to you? So here they are. They're gathered together. They're celebrating Passover, celebrating the fact that God's judgment had passed them over. And that God had delivered them from slavery, from Egypt's slavery. They're, 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 they're in this moment, and they're remembering, they're remembering that. And they've all been preparing. Such, put yourself in the story here. They've, they've all been preparing for this yearly sacrifice. They, they have all prepared their own spotless lambs to be sacrificed 
So that judgment, once again, they had to do it every year. When they, when they went to church, they had to bring a lamb. What are you bringing? And they had to be spotless. So they've got their lambs all prepared, and, and they're, they're, they're ready to have these lambs sacrificed so that judgment would pass over their lives once again. And here they are, disciples at the table, and here they are, close friends at the table. The Bible says they... They were reclining at the table. And then I, I have to put this part in. They're, they've got to be eating fried chicken because they're preachers, right? Old preacher joke, I guess. But what they did not understand and what they did not see is that Jesus' ministry is coming to an end. It's the last week of his life. He spent almost three and a half years, and it's now coming to an end. And now he's getting ready to go do what he was born for. He's going to die upon a cross for the sins of humanity. And it's at that very moment that here comes that woman. And that woman not only knows that this is the Passover season, but she sees what they could not see. She saw that it was the Passover lamb that was actually sitting at the table. You see, Jesus was the Passover lamb. We know the Bible tells that. The Bible says that he was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. John said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is the spotless Lamb of God who gave his precious blood for our sins, for your sins and my sins. And she comes into a moment that nobody else could see. They're all celebrating Passover, and they've all got their lambs, and she's there celebrating Passover, and she's got her lamb, lamb, but all of a sudden, in a moment, she perceives that this is the Passover lamb, and he's at the table. So here is he sitting at the table. They didn't see it, but this woman saw it. She saw, here's what I'm after, she saw the opportunity, and she was not about to waste it. She said, if he can go and die for me, then the least I can do is pour out my value on him. If, 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 if he's going to, this is Tuesday, but Friday's coming. If he's going to go and stretch his arms out on a cross for me, to save me, to redeem me, to restore me, to heal me, then the least that I can do is to make a big deal out of my Passover, my Passover lamb. So I've got to show him just how much he means to me. Now, for us as believers, we got the whole book. We're on the other side of the cross. This should absolutely make sense to Christians, to followers of Christ. We, we, we know the whole story. We know that Jesus died for us. We know that, that God, what God has saved us from, it should make sense to bring God our worship. It should make sense to bring God our best, to give God our life, to give God our passion, Hello, to give God our resources, to give God our time. I hope you, 
I hope you see the opportunity. I, I hope you're not calling your opportunity a waste. I hope you're not sitting back in your recliner at the table all comfortable and complacent like you really belong there, scoffing at all the opportunities, thinking, what a waste. What a waste this worship is. What a waste it is to give God my resources. What a waste it is to give God my time. What a waste it is to give God my abilities. What a waste it is to come to church on a Sunday. What, what a waste. What a, what a, what a waste. I hope you don't have that someday virus. Someday I'm going to worship God. Someday I'm going to obey God. Kind of quiet, but I'm on a mission. Someday I'm going to do what God has told me to do. Some, someday, one of these days, I'll, I'll get around to it. But can I remind you that someday actually turns into no more days. Well, what are you saying? I'm asking you, do you even see your opportunity to place value on the one that died for you? Do you want a life worth remembering? Why was this woman remembered? Because she gave her all to make a big deal out of the one that gave his all. Now, as I was reading the story, I got to thinking if I knew who this woman was, it might really help me to understand her worship. I got to thinking there must be more to the story. Right. I mean, you just don't wake up in the morning, right, and, and take, <laughs> take a year's wage and in one moment just, there's got to be something about this woman. Who, who, who in the world is this Woman, something must have happened to her. Like, because I've seen, I've been pastor now for 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 a hundred years. At least somebody laughed finally. It's always amazing to me the people that really give their worship. That really make a big deal out of God. It's, it's because God's done so much for them and they know it. This woman must have been through something. She, she must have experienced something in her life that has brought her to a moment where, where, where everybody else is singing songs in the church service, but this woman is actually worshiping through her song. She's not thinking, man, I sure, sure, sure hope this gets over soon. I sure hope that pastor has a short message. I, I got to get on with my life. I got a business to build. I got a family to take care of got a life to live, and I got to go do my dash the way I want to do my dash. And I realized as a Bible scholar, hey, wait a minute. This story is told in, in the other Gospels. Maybe one of the other accounts gives me clarity on who this woman really is. And so I, I went over there to John's Gospel, and lo and behold, guess what happened? In fact, I'll read it to you here in John's Gospel, John chapter 12. It says, it's the same story. It says, before the Passover feast, 
Jesus went to Bethany where Lazarus lived. La Lazarus, I know that guy. He, he's that dead guy. Yeah, he was, he's not dead now. I mean, Jesus raised him back to life. He, but, 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 and it says there, Lazarus is the man Jesus raised from. I, I, so, so Lazarus is at this dinner. This is really cool. We, we know that it's in Simon the leper's house. And, and what is Lazarus doing there? And then it goes on to say in verse 2 here, here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Oh, okay. And, and Martha, <laughs> Martha served. Mar Martha's always serving. Martha's always cooking. Martha's always in the kitchen, right? And she's serving while Lazarus among those reclining at the table. So they are in Simon's house who's been healed of leprosy. And, and Martha's fixing the fried chicken. And verse 3 goes on and says, then, then Mary, what? Mary, this is, I know who this is. This, you got to remember, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm tired. This, this is Mary. This, this, you're not hearing me. Oh, on the other side of this camera, this isn't just some woman. This is, this is, this is Mary. She brought in a pint of very expensive perfume and, she poured it out. She poured it out. This is Mary. This is Mary whose brother Lazarus had been dead four days. This is Mary who told Jesus when he shows up late, if you would have been here, listen, my brother wouldn't have died. You really messed up, Jesus. This, this is Mary who heard Jesus say in that dead situation, Mary, I am the resurrection and I am the life. This is Mary who heard Jesus look at that tomb of Lazarus after being dead for four days and Jesus shouted at that tomb, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And you know what happened? Mary saw it. Out of that tomb comes Lazarus in his grave clothes, alive. This is that Mary. Now this makes sense to me. She's experienced the power in her life. She's experienced the power of God in her life. She saw her dead brother come back to life. And now she knows what's taking place in this, this dinner on Tuesday night. She realized that he didn't just bring her brother back to life, but he's getting ready to go die on a cross so that you and I could come back to life. So that you and I could have eternal life. Oh, she knew. She knew in that moment, oh, I can't wait another, I can't wait till someday I can't put this off any longer. I gotta stop eating what I'm eating. And as long as I have breath, I gotta take advantage of this opportunity. And I gotta give the one that deserves my best, my best. I gotta give him my, my, my worship to give him my worship. That's why everybody else is just sitting there 
while the rest of the church is just sitting there, while other disciples are just sitting there, while everybody else is just busy about their life, doing things that they won't even be remembered for. <laughs> this woman gives Jesus her worship. She says, I could put this perfume on me and it would eventually fade. Can, can I tell you something? The house is going to fade. The car is going to fade. Come on, your business is going to fade. Your bank accounts are going to fade. She says, if I put this on me, it will fade. But if I put it on him, it will be remembered forever. Come on. I'm done. I'm done. But I close with this thought. If you was to ask Mary today, hey, Mary, was this a real sacrifice for you? Mary, what was that moment like when you sacrificed your whole year's wage to Jesus? I honestly believe that Mary would probably be offended by you saying that or even asking that question. I think her response to that would be what Jesus did on that cross was a sacrifice. What I did was just my opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity. Come on, I want to say it again. Don't miss your opportunity. Why was this woman's life remembered? She was willing to do what she could do for her God. And she did it when everybody else thought it was a waste of time. Why go to church? Why give God this moment? She saw opportunity when nobody else saw opportunity. My prayer for you today is that you'll never see your worship again as a sacrifice, but your worship. Your worship is your opportunity. I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait till Sunday comes. I can't wait to tell my neighbors about Jesus. I can't wait to get up in the morning and get on my knees and cry out to God. I can't wait to open my Bible. I can't wait to give God my best through my tithe and my offering. It's not sacrifice. It is my opportunity. It is my opportunity. And God says, Jesus said, now this is a life worth remembering. Father, I pray today, I know this is strong. I know this is challenging, but God, it's just what I needed. If nobody else needed it, Lord, if people online's already clicked off and people in this room's already walked out or care less. God, I needed this. This, this is church. The spirit, the attitude. This church needs this. Father, we want our life to count. Father, thank you for teaching us that worship is our opportunity. Let it go deep on the inside and may we live every day with this in mind. God, the stuff the stuff will fade. But what 
we worship you with will always be remembered. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on to this room, stand to your feet. I give it all. Come on, stand to your feet. Nobody leaving. This is a moment. It's not a song. It could be worship for you. It could be your worship. Father, we worship you on the other side of this camera. Come on, it's not a song. It's worship. This prayer. We come to you, Lord. We come to you, Lord. God, may this be a miracle moment. Sunday, we make adjustments in our life. God, it's about you, it's about you, it's about you, Lord. Oh, it's about you, Lord. God, visit this church. Pour your spirit out on this church, Lord. Jesus, let this fragrant oil. Jesus, let this fragrant oil bring honor, bring honor. Maybe you're here in this room today or on the other side of that camera, believers praying. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you never even knew that he died for you so that you could go free. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess in your mouth that what Jesus did as your Passover lamb, and you believe that he's raised from the dead, the Bible says with that believing heart, and that mouth of confession, you will be saved. In this room online, in this holy moment, in this holy week, if that's you, you're not right with God, or maybe maybe, maybe you've done that at one time, but you're not living for God, and you, you see today, man, I gotta make some adjustments, because what I'm living for is gonna fade away. And you need to make a recommitment to God, and that's you. Would you just pray this prayer? The important part is you're not just praying a prayer, but you're meaning it with your heart. That's what makes it, again, worship. It's coming from your heart. It's, it's coming out of your guts. God, I need you today. That's, that's what you're saying. In this room online, that's you. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Father God, today I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died upon the cross. And I believe he rose from the grave, and he did it for me. I believe his body was broken so that I could be healed. I believe his, his blood was shed so that I could be forgiven. Today I call upon you. Today I receive you as my Savior, and I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, somebody shout. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap.
Come on, you receive that? You receive that today? Come on, did this help anybody? Nobody leaving. We might be still, still do something. Don't click off. But I sense God in here. Maybe it's just me. Is it, is it just me? Online, don't you sense God? Don't you sense God doing something? You know what I liked about this story? It communicates God's a miracle worker. We were lost forever. And Jesus came on the scene, didn't live for himself. He lived for you so that we could call upon him and have newness of life. Father, once again, I just seal this word. Those in this room and those on the other side, on those on the other side of that camera, Tavo, get ready. That in this Holy Week, whew, I believe this week right now, this Holy Week, this, this Passover week, the passion of Christ this week, get ready. It's going to be a week of miracles for you. Woo. Are you hearing it? Come on, sir, ma'am, business owner. Come on, family, children, youth. Come on. Does anybody need a miracle besides myself? Does anybody need something from heaven? I declare that in this holy week, as you lift your eyes to heaven, God is going to do incredible, powerful things. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is working on your behalf. And it starts today, church. It starts today. And I declare that over you today in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We're going to sing this as you go. Thank you online. We're going to send you out to the lobby. Those in this room, you can sing. Worship. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.